Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conrad, and this show is where we hear the real stories from real people changing the world. From everyday people to the top celebrities, all the conversations are real, raw, and always unscripted. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get to today's guest. All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted One-on-One Podcast. Uh, Wow, special day today. We just put this together like literally on the fly. Um, Special guest today. I'm going to let him introduce himself, and then we got stories to tell uh, over the course of this podcast. But let me go ahead and let him introduce himself, tell him about his family, and uh, we'll go from there. Yes, yes. First of all, Aaron, it's so fun to do this, and it's fun because you were my very first Twitter friend. (laughs) know that that. well you know i mean weird i i I would say like a genuine friend that we met over twitter right and we actually like got together in person you actually came down to nashville stay with us we all ran the nashville half marathon uh yeah you and i came to i know it was I know. And it wasn't weird at all. We kept saying like, should this be weird? Right. Like, you know, like we all, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's not weird at all. It's just, right. we're just, we're just having fun. But right. uh, no, man, that was, uh, I know. And that uh, I'm trying to do the timing. That had, that had to have been like 2009 or something or eight, something right. like that, which is Somewhere crazy. Yep. How, much, how much life has happened since then? Um, how many pounds have happened since then? <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm just, since you had Kurt Harding on not long ago, again, because Kurt is part of the connection too, because we all would interact on Twitter. Right. Um, you guys have such beautiful domes. Um, I just, I just, I'm, I, I'm holding back on who I'm really supposed to be. I've got this like half dome, whereas you guys got this beautiful dome. Right. And, uh, right. so, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I keep telling my wife and, and you remember Brooke, I mean, she keeps telling me like, no, don't shave it off. I'm like, I just, it's just awkward. I don't know what to do with it when the wind starts flopping. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, I'm like David Spade and Tommy Boy when that, that fan pops on and his hair just goes straight back. That's me right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. And, and I'm sorry, your name again? My is? name is, my name is Dave Schrader. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so yes, uh, Aaron and I um, have known each other for a very long time, as you know, but in a very non-traditional way, I guess it's more normal now, but um I think it's it's just funny. We've all have uh, kind of grown up in our middle age kind of life together. I, that's the way of putting it, at least from afar. Like it's always fun when we, you know, we both have families. We both have ups and downs of life, career. And I remember like, I could just tell like, you know, we, we clearly liked a lot of the same writers. Um, we still talk about it today. Um, we love a lot of the same movies, same dad jokes, all these things. And like, we, we pretty much should just be neighbors. We just right. separated by a couple States away. That's, right. that's really all it is. So yeah, I know. yeah outside of the, you, so you're a Cardinals fan, I'm an Indians fan. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and just to give everybody an idea, like you said, I, I have a friend in, in Charlotte that we did one a while ago, uh, Ryan Gramatico, just to mm. love that guy to death. He's a brother to me. And mm. uh, we, he was one of the first, he was one of the OGs when we started the uh, unscripted podcast, but um, same thing. I always tell people I met him on the internet and that always sounds really creepy. 
<laughs> it's, like, no. it's just a guy I met on the internet. It's like, that's no. really gross, no. but it's not, it's not gross at all. And then I actually went and stayed at your house and I stayed at Ryan's mm. house. And so, uh, but, but no, I, you know, those are the great things about Twitter, about social media yeah. is um, making the world real small. And yeah. uh, you know, again, you and you and your, your bride and uh, were kind enough to us inviting kind enough to invite us to your home. Um, you know, we stayed with you guys. We, I guess ran. I don't even want to say ran. The Nashville Mar- half marathon is the worst thing ever. And the worst part about it was the day we did it. First of all, it was packed and we couldn't yeah. seem to find any kind of pocket for three of us to stay together. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying, but, yeah. and then we were going down that long hill. You remember that long hill? And then there was an yes. uphill on the other side yes. and the whole thing's uphill, but, but there was two seconds of a downhill and I look over and there's a guy juggling. You remember that? Like he's on the other side, which means that they've already completed most yes. of it and they're on their way back. And the guy was juggling. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to die. And this yes. guy's over here juggling mm-hmm. while he's running. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was on music row, you know, which is kind of the cool like road back and forth for all the country music labels yep. are. And uh, no, you're right. There's all these people just putting you to shame. These like real runners here. And uh, um, yeah, man, that was, and also remember we, um, we got there like the traffic was terrible it was a weird setup to where you had to go park near where the finish line was and then they were going to bust you to the beginning right but it was like just cramps we were just waiting on a bus we got there a little bit later to park yeah and we left plenty early i mean i'd done this race before and uh um but like we got off the bus at uh at centennial park which is where it begins and it had already began right. <laughs> so we're like it's running off the bus <laughs> we sprinting. ran a 5k before we got to the half <laughs> yes yeah, sprinting just to get to that very uh, starting line just to get to the starting line right. and then we're like oh gosh we're like so you're you're already kind of nervous just from that and uh but it made it very memorable and uh uh but then there was uh, not just the race but the infamous um uh <laughs> dinner that that night where don't worry nothing bad happened we were supposed to eat at what mellow mushroom and we put our name in franklin in franklin tennessee Mm -hmm. we put our name in and we're still waiting for our table as of (laughs) they still have never called me (laughs) still never (laughs) no and i i mentioned this on the kurt harding episode which uh not to promote the own the own uh podcast but uh uh and somehow i don't know how that and again that's the beauty of um, the internet and social media um, mm-hmm. is you make you get to meet people, and mm-hmm. I think it may have been through you that we met Kurt. But but yeah. you know all, all of you all have been just great great people for me and support for me and just just awesome contacts. And so we would we would now actually let me reverse because the truth <laughs> is we did this a couple years in a row. We were we were crazy enough to do it a few years in a row, right. and the first year. Um, so you and I, gosh, let me rewind even further back. We met because of Max Locato. Yes. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember somehow through an email or, uh, you, you, you used know. me to get to Max. It's okay. It's all right. I've been used in lots of ways. <laughs> Never met him actually. I, I met him, but, but not because of us, but, but somewhere somebody was like, I think it was Ashley. Is it McBride? Is that her name? Ashley, somebody uh oh oh, oh, oh yeah well yeah i'm sorry i'm thinking of her maiden name now um yes oh, gosh yes but ashley thank you ashley. thank so, you sorry so ashley yes. at thomas nelson mm-hmm. somehow i got connected with her and i think it was due to a launch of one of his books or something mm-hmm. and she says there's this guy you got to meet because we were carolina fans yes. somewhere along it. so she she connects me to you 
we connect and then and then at some point we say hey we're coming down to run this nashville half marathon and you're like all right you know come stay at my house so we connect there and then you're like hey i'm gonna let's go out to dinner the night before i think this is how this all kind of came together and then it was like hey you got to meet um susan now it's mains who yes yes yeah fantastic. susan and matt yeah love uh -huh. them love them and uh -huh. so you got to meet this this couple and you got to meet this guy who I don't think Kurt was at, with at Thomas Nelson anymore. Um, and then multiple others. Right. So then you, you say we're going to go to and this is I don't think I've ever even told you this story. So you said we're going to go to songwriter night. It's a place called Puckets. Yes. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I see some like dude sitting on a stool um, writing on a legal pad and i'm like well man you're you're a local guy i'm gonna trust you on this we don't know again we we've met on the internet so i'm like all right well that that sounds kind of cool but you know in my mind i just see this like dude <laughs> with his guitar and so then we go to puckets we're standing outside and this guy with an awesome mullet walks by and i'm we're waiting to, for our table this guy with this mullet that puts shame to all other mullets walks by I'm like, check out that dude's mullet. And then we go in and it turns out there's, I don't know, three, four people on stage and there's actual video of this. And if I had good technical skill, I'd, sh I'd show this video. Maybe I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the blog post so people can see it All right. sitting in pockets and they start singing their songs. And this guy with the awesome mullet says, Hey, you know, this is one of the first songs I ever or did or wrote or I don't know something. And he starts singing Amy's back in Austin. And yeah, I'm like, that's right. I remember looking across the table. I'm like, man my son is named austin because of the song amy's back in austin it was the, it was tim rushlow the lead singer of a band called little texas which some people may remember and he he wrote the song amy's back in austin i told heather when we were dating if we ever have a little girl we're gonna name her amy austin because i just thought it was amazing amy austin conrad love how it rolled off the tongue and then we found out we we're having a boy i'm like we're going austin it's austin that's the name so I got to walk up to Tim Rushlow after the concert, after the songwriter night and say, hey, you wrote yeah. that song. My kid is named Amy, or is named Austin. Uh -huh. Just an amazing moment. So again, really that, long that is, story, but it was awesome. Yeah, that is such a Nashville Franklin thing to happen. I remember that <laughs> happened. I was like, yeah, you because you'd already told me the story when I asked, but we already talked about like where you got into the kids' names. And uh I mean, I, yeah, it's not like I planned any of that. I didn't even know who wrote the song, didn't know right. any of that. Yeah. And, uh, and here you go. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it is It is funny, yeah. And for those who have not been in Nashville, like, yeah, you kind of don't know you're running into someone who's maybe responsible for, like, the biggest hit in right. music, you know. And right. it's usually not, like, the actual, like, singer. I mean, we you see celebrities, you do, but it's more everyone behind the scenes that makes the song. And I think that's what's fascinating so it's like yeah that guy normal has a normal house he's got a little studio in his basement or something and he right. writes music and right. and he's doing very well clearly and an amazing <laughs> mullet he probably still has that mullet amazing good mullet. for tim so, rushlow because so that, that's can't what, rock a mullet anymore yeah that's what it takes apparently okay all right yeah <laughs> so oh, anyway so dave puts together this night of these incredible people that to this day are still um, mm -hmm. man, just incredible people in my life. And, and, and mm -hmm. so for that, thank you. And then I think it, it, it repeated again the next year. And I think we did it three times. And then I'm like, Heather, I'm done. Let's yeah. just go down to Nashville. We'll, we'll yeah. have dinner with everybody. We don't have to run 12 miles yeah. to do that because it's the worst yeah. 12 miles I've ever run in my life. It <laughs> so is. It's hard. <laughs> 
that that was the last long distance run I, I I have done. Yeah, I think so. That was it. I finally said no more. I did a bunch leading up to that, and then, oh, it was hard. Yeah. I didn't train for that one, so it just hurt. <laughs> it was brutal. So all right, and I think you still made a finish before I did, and I did train. I remember texting you, being like, "Well, I'm up to six, six, seven miles now. I think I'm going about a ten minute pace." And <laughs> anyway, so all right, so what? Tell everybody what it is you do because I that's where our connecting point was. And I do have yeah. a quote from a Dave quote uh, that you gave me many years ago that I have still held on to that I'll, I'll break out in a minute. But um, we okay. originally met again because Thomas Nelson, because you yeah. were uh, working at Thomas Nelson. And I don't know if we're allowed yeah. to say that, but hopefully yeah. that's okay. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, I uh, see. So, yeah. So Aaron, when, when you're, what you're referring to is just working in, you know, Christian book publishing. And so, I uh, started working in Thomas Nelson in 2006, early on. So I'm getting closer to 15 years and it's, uh, yeah, I'm still doing it. Just, it's just kind of meandered kind of in and out uh, during, since then. But yeah, I worked in um, an imprint called Nelson Books, which is kind of the core imprint of uh, Thomas Nelson. And then there was a, so those are like, uh, I didn't work directly in everyone's, but if you think of like uh, Donald Miller and John Maxwell and, uh, John Eldridge, you know, those were, they were published under that imprint. And, uh, um, and then we, there was a point where we started up uh, uh, Bill Bennett as well. Yeah. We worked on Bill Bennett. Um, there was a point we started up our own imprint for Max Ocado. Max is probably one of the most long-term, you know, uh, uh, famous writers within Nelson, but, you know, beloved. I, I remember when I became a Christian and, you know, you, we, anytime you become part of the Lucado team, they ask the question, like, what was the first Lucado book you read? And right. for mine, it was soon after I became a Christian, like 1995, and it was in the grip of grace. And, That's the one, uh, right? Yeah, and it's so good. And, you know, grace, yeah, grace does not get old, but um, but yeah, I, I'm very blessed because they started up a department for Max just for a team focused on Max. And uh, and so, yeah, Ashley, who was referencing, she and I, uh, she's the first person I hired, I think, at that time. But um, it was fun. I sort of, that's really where I learned publishing. I had a mm -hmm. great mentor, David Moberg, who is Max's longtime publisher. And uh, although I was, I was head of marketing, I... You just learned everything about publishing. You know, we would go through learning about the financial analysis of publishing, how to understand how to do, how to do a performa, um, what to do. There was the my first year working on Max was the first year Max had ever taken a one year break from writing. Right. Uh, so what a great year financially <laughs> to, to be able to do. I I look at David. I'm like, what are you doing to me? Is this right. your way of kicking me out? Uh, but no, it was, uh, it was great because it pushed us to creativity to say, we've got this wealth of content. Max, Max had a, uh, a heart surgery after he did the book 316 and, uh, it was like right in the middle of it coming out and he just needed one year to just rest. And yeah. even though he was still writing a little bit, we just postponed a new release for another year, which was that book fearless. That was that first one after, yep. but yep. we had to, we had a year where we had to be really creative to look at his backlist, which is all the books that he's published in the past and figure out new ways to either republish them, repackage them with new covers, new formats, um, come up with some new content too. And, you know, it wasn't my idea, but we developed a book called cast of characters, which was like taking all of his stories and other books about characters in the Bible right. and put them together and have some new introductions that Max wrote. And it was great. It was fun, but 
Yeah. I mean, I learned to appreciate publishing and the art of, of, uh, of just what it takes to create a book. These are things in marketing. They don't really teach you. You just need to find a publisher who's loves the craft and, and that was it. So we met in that time because it was probably approaching fearless. So imagine the, the economy collapsing, right? And Max, of course, Max is always like in tune with like what people need, you know, yeah. he's just got, I mean, uh, I, I keep telling him like pe- before, like things of the last few years, he writes a book called Anxious for Nothing. He understands people are dealing with anxiety. What does the word of God have to tell us about that? And what yeah. are the stories to be able to help people with? Well, yeah, of course. Oh, his latest book, um, uh, You Are Never Alone. I mean, come on in a year. And people were like, oh, he wrote that because of it's 2020 COVID. I'm like, no, he preached that message like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So like the Lord just wants to use someone like that. Well, fearless, there's a lot of fear, you know, of course, going on with, uh, with the economy collapsing. We didn't know what was going on. Right. Right. But, but just to illustrate kind of where we were in social media, then I think I'm like talking to Ashley and I'm like, Ashley, we need to get, we need to buy the hashtag fearless book. And she's like, buy, buy it. You yeah. can't buy a hashtag. It just kind of <laughs> happens. <Dave. laughs> and we, both, yeah. we, we didn't know any, any, any bit of how any of that worked. Um, Cause Twitter was still like a couple years old at that point, but yeah. we just, you know, it was just funny. I mean, it was my first marketing campaign was a MySpace campaign. So come on. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a hack book marketer. Really? Right. That's, that's it. <laughs> on, on an Erwin McManus book, since you yeah. like Erwin McManus. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a, so it's been fun. So I, I, I did that. Uh, you know, I, I stayed at Thomas Nelson until, um, Oh, 2011, something like that. And I left to go work for a marketing agency for a while. And it was kind of this test of like, would I miss publishing? Mm. And, you know, sometimes you get into something and you knew you liked it, but you also are like, man, is this something I'm going to do for the rest of my career? I I wasn't 100% sure of that. I knew I really enjoyed books and I loved the experience, the ministry value. But I also knew I just need to see what it's like helping out publishers from a different perspective. And even though the, uh, the firm I was with, they worked on a lot of different things, ministries and so on. Of course, I was the publishing guy. So like all my clients were publishing related. So yeah. I never really left. I, I, um, I remember doing work for B&H Publishing and that's how my job with them slash Lifeway came about. They needed help and communications and I just missed being in books, you know, full time and and so I, I did that for seven years until this past year, um, you know, working in communications marketing. So doing a lot of similar things, but they're more of a church publisher and uh, which I really enjoyed too, from the ministry perspective, I learned a lot about how the church works. And uh, I would say my deepening interest for theology came, came out in that time. Um, but my, love for Tommy boy has never gone away. So I'm okay. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, but no, I uh, know you, you can't like, I, I kind of have to test people out. Like, you know, you meet a lot of serious people in the church right. world, right? right? You kind of want to find out like who are the people I can really talk to. Here's the people <laughs> who can put up with a middle school uh, fart joke, just, <laughs> you know, and roll with me. Right. And like be entertained for hours. Like that's it. You, yeah. you, and that's the thing, people, you, you need your middle school friend who you right. can just 
text stupid things to you. And not, not, nothing wrong, just, just right. stupid humor things that only you guys would appreciate because you were a middle schooler once and you've never really grown up. Right. Well, that's basically me right there. Right. And, and the thing is, our wives know it. Right. They know they've married like this goon who has never really grown up. I mean, we've tried. We know how to put it on. We know how to do the mature thing. Right. But at the end of the day, like what we want to do is watch Dumb and Dumber and Tommy Boy <laughs> and and be absolutely fine. By that. That's right. So. I think if you look at, at Heather's profile on Twitter, it says something about raising three kids and a husband. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it says that. Um, because that's, you know, that's about accurate. Yes. Um, I don't, you know, sometimes you just never grow up. So, but uh, no, that that's an amazing journey. So here's, here's the quote that you gave me many years ago. And yeah. at the time, you know, I was kind of in that blogging space and thought I had some kind of voice. And yeah. uh, I remember talking about have, writing a book, which our friend from the Nashville Knights, Rachel Wojo, shout out Rachel. Yes. One of my guests earlier, uh, amazing story. And she has absolutely yeah. gotten after it and done it. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the guts to, to, to pull through, but you said something I never, ever forgotten. And I think it's true. in even the podcast space, it's true in many, many things. You said nothing is new under the sun. I will yeah. never forget that. I remember we yeah. I was talking about what should I call this thing? And should I write yeah. this book? A lot of people want me to write this book. And I'm like, yeah. and you said, man, there's nothing new under the sun. What, what, is going to be different about yours that hasn't already been written or haven't hasn't already been done. And I'll never forget that because I, I was didn't, like, I didn't you know sound what? very encouraging, it. by the way. No, it was actually, no, it wasn't, it was good because I'm like, no. you know, you're right. Like, I don't, what am I going to call this thing? It's going to be some coffee table book like Seinfeld. And I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to call it. So I've never done it. And it wasn't because, you know, those words, but I think they, they certainly helped me keep perspective in one, there's zero money in the, in this process. And you, you've been in a long time, unless you're Max Locato, Erwin McManus, Donald Miller, unless you're a guy like that. And even then they've got multiple other streams of income. There's not yeah. a ton of money in the book space, right? It's just not just people think you write a book and all of a sudden you're, you're living down in, you know, um, the keys on something and you got a boat with your name on the back of it or the book's name on the back of it. And that's not, that's not true. Right. And, and the other thing is like a good example is, um, John Grisham or Ernest Hemingway. Let's just think right. of like some very popular writers. At the end of the day, like, well, for Grisham is there was a while after he became successful in the 90s. He, of course, was not practicing law anymore because he was making so much off of Time to Kill and the Firm and Pelican Brief and all those. So he got out of it. But he ended up going back in to practice again and do some things because part of it was just just making sure you don't lose your edge and also right. being in tune with stories that are out there. And, you know, Hemingway was always, you know, then the Hemingway was a, an article newspaper writer. You know, that's why he writes in such short terse sentences is because he knows space is precious. And so he would write novels that way too. And, and, good descriptions, but like hard stops. Yes. So like he never lost something like that. No, yes, those guys are great writers. Sure. But, um, but not, but in other words, like, I think we get so many ideas by just living life. Like you, if you lock yourself in a basement all day and just write, I'm like, sure, right. you can come up with some great fiction stories, perhaps let your imagination run wild. But at the end of the day, you're living life. And, and even though you're right, my that 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 bit of wisdom from Ecclesiastes still rings true, it is meant to be encouraging to also say like, listen, 
just because someone else wrote a book on a topic you kind of want to write about doesn't mean right. that you shouldn't either. Right. Now you need to be respectful and just know that, Hey, listen, still, what is different about it? What sets this apart? Uh, and I never finished, like I'm, I'm a literary agent now. I left, you know, working direct in that part of publishing now. So I'm helping like that early part of the process where I'm, I'm working with authors just to encourage them and also say, listen, you've got to continue to beat this thing up to make it, better to get it prepared to help answer that question for a publisher. Right. Um, because yeah, they're, they're, they're wondering what sets us apart in 2020 or 22, whenever it's going to come out. And, um, but be encouraged just to know like, yeah, there have been more books about grace since in the grip of grace came out that have been right. wonderful, right. more about prayer, yep. more about life transformation. Uh, first of all, a memoir is your story. It's your story. Sorry, there's no other. There yeah. may be certain themes that are in there, but guess what? All themes at the end of the day are God's themes. I mean, that's what I love about it is just saying like, no, the Lord uses all these individuals for his glory. That means the journey you're on, the lessons you're learning are absolutely for this greater purpose that sometimes you can't see. So as your right. friend here in 2020, I mean, I'm going to say like Aaron you know, the Lord's not done. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to have to stay on you until this thing is written. I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, the literary agent to call when you're ready, that's all right. I'm saying. So, all right. 100%. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. be, be, be encouraged. Yeah. Anyone who's, and you know what, but there's one of the things just about writing is like, there's some people who write to say, I want, I want it to be the next bestseller. I'm like, yeah. okay, you got to clear that out of your head for a second and yeah. just say, Hey, listen, anyone who has become a bestseller can't claim one or two or three things and how that happened. The reality is there's so many things beyond their control happened, how got into certain people's hands right. and it was read and passed along. Cause trust me, I know a lot of amazing books that have not been read widely. Right? It just, they didn't catch on. You wonder like, why is that? Yeah. You know, it's a great book yeah. and um, it's all right. It's meant for, perhaps for this season for this type of person and 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 you have an appreciation for that whereas then there's some book and because i just i know too many books that are terrible that become bestsellers <laughs> right. terrible right i mean right. i mean america gets dumber by some of these books and so <laughs> but you know but you Madison. realize well it's the same thing it's yeah. like why why are there certain just like well, there's stupid movies then there's like really smart comedies but they don't do as well I'm like yeah because they're it doesn't work as wide right they're all funny they're just different funny um i think it works the same way with books and i think it works that way in marketing so you spent you know you had you had time in marketing i i i've told people that especially in the social media space you know so i've had two things go viral um, on, on the blog. Um, neither one of them was planned. Neither one was calculated. I didn't spend yeah. a dime on advertising or marketing. And Rachel and I talked about this. You, you and Kurt and I talked about this. Yeah. You will pour your heart into it, which I don't, you know, I don't really write much anymore at all on the blog, but for, for many years, you would pour your heart into this post and you're like, this is the one, this one is going to change the world. Um, I feel it. And you put it out there and it gets like two likes and you're like, what the heck? And then you put some stupid post out on a Friday at four 30. Mm. Cause you feel like you need to put something out and the thing goes viral, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the example for me was that one that, that, that went viral Two where they went viral. One was a uh, dollar shave club, shout out dollar shave club, because I never have to buy a razor again in my life because, and, and honestly, I just wanted to try it out. And a bunch of people on Twitter, I think, were like, hey, man, let me know how that goes. And I'm like, well, I don't want to reply to all these people, so I'm just going to do a quick post. 
So yeah. I do this post, put the affiliate link in, and next thing you know, I got $1,500 worth of credits on Dollar Shave Club. So again, I've got, I've got razors for days um, in my house uh, because I couldn't spend all the money. I think I'm down to about a hundred bucks now because I've, I've given them out for gifts. I've, yeah. I've, you know, I ran into a friend at the grocery store one day and he's like, he's buying a razor. I'm like, Hey man, let me hook you up. Gave him a box of dollar shave club, three razor, whatever, yes. you know? And then the other one, of course, was the, um, the one that I've mentioned on other yeah. podcasts and that's the, you know, um, rules for my son. Mm. The funny thing was I had, I had posted that a year earlier and nobody responded. And I don't know why, I think I was bored or I, I needed to put something out. So I just reposted it, put a new picture on it. And next thing you know, the thing goes viral. Five million hits, literally five million hits. I um, mean, how does that happen? Like, I didn't plan that. It just happened, you know? Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's true in anything, as you just said, with books or movies or those things, sometimes it just hits a stream and you just got to sit back and, and hope that, and then there's a lot of people I think out there that put out enough content that yes. eventually it's going to do that. And anyway, I, I've been very fortunate. None of that was because I'm wise or smart. It just happened. And thank God for that. No, well, I think it was earnest. I think you made a connection with other fathers out there um, and, and mothers too, who yearn for that for their son, if they don't have a right. strong father-son relationship or they maybe do, but don't know how to express it. And you expressed yeah. it perhaps in like a very practical and loving caring way the way you did and it doesn't have to always be this like thing you were listing these things out and it was right. just great bits of wisdom and you know um i i keep a um uh like a google doc open of like advice for the kids like i don't yeah. even know what the point of it beyond to be handed down with them and i'm like oh yeah i need to write that down real quick i just keep it open all the time and Oh, if there's something I'm, I'm not dying, I'm not anything. Right. I just, uh, right. I just think, but I keep, you know, it's funny. I tell my parents too. I'm like, you guys are retired, write some stuff down, please right. Absolutely. <laughs> pass it down. Sure. I know, but, yeah. uh, but you know, I, 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 but I, 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 I love that when I was seeing that happening and then suddenly the news is calling you and you know, all these things. I thought, how fun no. is this? It was actually, but, and my favorite part is I didn't write it. I didn't write it. Some other guy wrote it. I, I, I took it off Tumblr. I found it on Tumblr and, and I, I told this story a couple podcasts ago with somebody else. I didn't write it. And, <laughs> and so I get this email one day and he's like, Hey man, I see your pot. You know, I see this is doing pretty well. Could I get a little credit? And I'm like, did you read it? Because at the very beginning of the post, I said, I pulled this off of Twitter. Here's this guy's. And I gave the link and uh, yeah. you know, the guy, look, you figure, put, put your mind around this. Four or five million hits. Yeah. If you figure a dollar a hit, man, I'm not working a day in the rest of my life, right? I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. And yeah. and the thing is, so anyway, I, I wish the guy nothing but luck. And I actually reached out to him about two weeks ago and I said, Why don't you come on the podcast? Let's tell your your story, share yeah. your book. Cause yeah, again, I'm just trying to stay out of the way, man. I just all I did was copy and paste off Tumblr. Yeah. Um, and the thing just went viral. And I'm sure he's made some made a couple of bucks. It'd be nice if he slid me a little royalty check. <laughs> instead of yelling at me one day but anyway i invited him on i'm like hey why don't you come on let's tell your story and he said no <laughs> so i think he's still mad <laughs> but I, I i clearly gave him credit but anyway uh, um yeah so viral you know you never know and, and that's that's your point but so that i think go to go back to max that or, or mcmanus or now bob goff um guys that we talk about a lot for them to um have just 
hit after hit after hit. It's the same in music, right? I mean, you have a, a one-time hit that goes viral <laughs> or you have a long career of just CD after CD after CD yeah. of, of hits. Like, yeah. I think it's hard. It's, you live in Nashville, so you, you probably appreciate that more than anybody. Sustainability in any industry and particularly in the book writing business because you can tell a story once or a family story, or yeah. I remember, um, you you might remember this name from the Giants, Dave Dravecki wrote a book called Comeback. When he, yeah. you remember, he lost yeah. his arm. Oh, right? I remember, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Comeback was an incredible book and, and all all respect to Dave Dravecki. He wrote another book called When You Can't Come Back and it was uh, nowhere near as good as Comeback. Like Comeback was yeah. one of my favorite books ever. When you can't come back was like, well, we had a lot of success with comeback. Let's write another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I got to think that's true in the book industry. Do you see that a lot? Yeah. I mean, um, so there, there's a lot of success breeds success in publishing. You know, when you've got a winner, it's a lot easier to follow up with one in some ways. Um, it's not like, you know, they say sophomore album, you know, sophomore right. slump for, for artists. Well, you know, with books, uh, again, it always is going to be like, I think you can fool them for a few weeks. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be a good book that they're yeah. transformed by and uh, and that they're ultimately going to want to share. Like the thing that has not changed since I started, even pre like digital being the biggest driver of book sales is, uh, you know, books succeed or fail based on personal recommendation. Yeah. And, and it's more, it's about trust. It's about who do you trust to provide you book recommendations? And that could be someone on TV, by the way, it just... But it's just, it could be your best friend, it could be your pastor, it could be whomever in your kind of circle that you trust. And uh, so when it comes to, oh, trust me, if you were to, I mean, I have no idea about Mexicano book sales anymore because I haven't worked on Max a long time, but I'm sure there've been some years that one hasn't done as well as the other and it could just be the topic wasn't as uh, provocative, provocative is not the word, uh, just as powerful as, as another one. Um, but, you know, but then I, as I told you before, like, then you get one that just hits exactly how we all feel, you know, and you are never alone and, and, um, you know, of, of, of the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, being with us as, as God's gift to us um, until Jesus comes back, you know, I mean, it's just things like that. And you realize, okay, that's it. God has given us other people to encourage you. God has given us Zoom. We're on a Zoom call. I'm sorry, if this right. pandemic happened 20 years ago, can yeah. you imagine? No. I mean, yeah, no. we'd be able to call each other, but we all know that wouldn't be quite the same. We're no. able to keep doing business um, for the most part really well. Right. We know it's tricky getting together in person, but we also know, you know what? We're able to keep things going as yeah. best as possible. Um, so there's a lot of blessing in this. Um, I think if you really dig in, but back to your question about kind of really what distinguishes books. Um, um, there are some people have this dream, this idea of what their book's going to look like, and it doesn't, it doesn't pan out the way they want. And so they wonder, okay, the book didn't sell that well. And, you know, what do they do next? And yeah. I always say like, you know, Hey, listen, God inspires you to keep writing another story. Awesome. Go for it. Um, yeah. The other thing is, you know, there's a guy we just had on, uh, Jared C. Wilson, he wrote a book called Echo Island. And he, Jared's been writing, he's written 20 books on theology. Uh, and now suddenly he's writing a fiction book <laughs> for, for, it's more of a YA book too, because it's, it's right. really centered on four teens. Um, I mean, 
I mean, I'm like, how do you kind of switch to that? He's like, at the end of the day, like, this is really what I want to do is just do storytelling. I try and do that through theology writing, of course, because that's the grand story. But I think in some, some, my point is even with Jared is that I think we all, at the end of the day, there's something that ultimately is within writing that just connects with us. And sometimes, sometimes I think it's just, you need to get it out of you. Yeah. And, and just trust in the Lord, whatever is supposed to be from there. It may sell one copy, five copies, 500, 500,000, who knows, but, um, and, and don't worry about who the publisher is, or even if you self publish it, whatever, because the spirit of, uh, the spirit of that, of your blog post that is really, it's a, it's a legacy message about the end of the day, we're trying to hand things down to this next generation, whether they are our children or another. And because we're not going to be around forever. And right. even what you're doing right now is a gift to them that they'll be able to watch uh, for years to come too and realize, huh, this is really what dad, what made dad tick, you <laughs> know? Right, right. I mean, really, I mean, that's uh, which I love. Like you, you have not changed in the most wonderful way um, <laughs> because like you haven't, and don't lose that. And I will stay on you on that book because I think you're meant to write it. Mm. Um, sometimes it's like God hasn't done like working in you in terms of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. No, it's almost like, think about that. Since we first started talking about a book, like a lot's happened in life now. I mean, we were just talking about like, now you've got, you know, two kids in college, one in high school, like you can, I mean, you know, an empty nester here soon. Okay. Right. Well, you'll have a lot, a different time to reflect now, yeah. um, which is important and makes a huge impact on the way you would write and tell stories. Cause yeah. you're, you know, let's be real. We're, we're on the second half of life here and we're, we're trying line. to, but we're, but when, you know, but at the same time, you want to make the time, the time count. And yeah. so, um, so it's worth doing it. So I know someone who's listening, watching this, they, uh, I don't know. I, I try and be encouraging to people and just say pretty much, uh, I mean, I, I'm in the middle of probably six or seven books that are kind of out there being pitched right now. And I've had, a, I've had a bunch of them that have landed last minute, you know, yeah. type thing. Some that just, man, when you get rejected left and right, then you get one that just is perfect. I've had some that man first publisher jumped right on it. They were so wow. excited about it. And then some you get bidding over it. Yeah which is all fun. All of them are different. All of them have their own purpose too. Um, but then there's someone, you know, there's people I've, I've sold, like just because an agent's not representing you doesn't mean that you shouldn't be just, just write. Right. You know, writers write. It, when you were writing, as you've been writing the blog posts, like the end of the day, that's training. You know, it, you know yeah. you're learning about, A, what connects with people. You also are just, it's flowing out of you. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you need to do that. So... I don't know. I, I uh, uh, the 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 more I do this, and now being on this side of the agenting world of kind of how do I serve publishers and help authors early on, man, there's a lot of room out there, um, hmm. and there's a lot of really cool options on how to publish to and how to get it to the masses if that ends up being something. So I don't know. I'm 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 encouraged, but but again, like think about the timing. Like I'll, I'll right. be on you because that's what I, I should do as a friend, um, because I, I I think you have it. But uh, but the timing's right, you know, when you yeah. when it's it's right for you. Yeah, and I think this is what we're doing right now has has almost because um, the blog I put on ice for a few years. I mean, outside of reposting some stuff every now and then or writing one, I, I always write one every birthday for my kids. It seems like yeah. just to honor them. But 
outside of that, it was really on ice for, for many, a few years now, uh, because I just, I think blogging changed too, you know, blogging was everybody. Yeah. It was almost like the minor leagues for people that thought they could write a book, you know? And, and so, you know, and, and, and that's no disrespect because somebody like Rachel who did have a book in her and has multiple yeah. books in her, she yeah. actually took that. And that was her launching point for me. It was just, you know, but, but it's interesting. You mentioned that Dave, because, um, and my dog's barking in the background, which is the beauty of I love it. I but, love it. Um, um, you know, the, I think, and I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, um, I think I started this. Um, I, so I started this over COVID. I did one. Yeah. And it was called the Four Corners Podcast. And it was completely a train wreck. And I only did one. And then, um, you know, a friend of mine who, um, and I think you might even remember this, but around that same time, that 2009, um, time frame. I lost a friend to colon cancer who was my age, three kids who had the, their, the, the exact same age. So it was like watching myself and, uh, and what he went through. And yeah. um, he, recently his wife, because now fast forward, we're, we're 11, 12 years later. And um, his wife had mentioned that his kids don't remember him. They don't remember. Mm. So she had reached out to say, you know, does anybody have any stories? Or So she's doing a really cool thing for Christmas. And I hopefully they're not watching this. Cause then I just ruined the Christmas surprise. <laughs> Maybe I should have there's, said there's that. The, there's the power of editing. <laughs> you can hit this part. I'm going to take that out. Um, so take two. Anyway, a friend of mine recently talked about her kids and, um, and, and it reminded me that, you know what, that's why I'm doing this. I, you said it, you said it perfectly. And that's why you're a, a great friend is this isn't for me. This isn't really, honestly, this is for my kids. Cause one day I'm, not going to wake up or I'm going to be whatever it is. And I, I don't, I want them to know, you know, you get to meet people like yourself in Nashville that, that, and people from all walks of life that do all kinds of things. And at the end of the day, that's really what this is about. One day they'll look back at this and hopefully if YouTube's still around or they can find the digital archives somewhere, cause who knows what's next, um, you know, as far as techn technology, but um, they'll be able to look at this and say, Wow, that was that was pretty cool. You know, dad dad yeah. dad knew some really cool cool people. Had nothing to yeah. do with me. It was that God in in my life, God has introduced me to some amazing people, which has mm -hmm. allowed me to write a story, you know, yeah. that may never be written in a book, but it's allowed yeah. me to live a story. I should say yeah. that has been awesome. And I've told yeah. my wife so many times, if I never wake up tomorrow, man, I've lived, I've lived, yeah. and it's been awesome. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I uh, I taught a um, well, it, yeah. There, there's two ways to look at this. A, it makes you really appreciate your immediate family, mm -hmm. and because like you have you have more effect on them, uh, positive or negative, than anyone else in 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 your surroundings. And so, <laughs> I was, uh, I was uh, uh, it would have been yeah, a Sunday school class that I was, we did a church history one. So I see church history was really fun, which by the way, when you've never taken a class in church history, but you have to teach one, all you got to do is be as one chapter ahead, folks. That's it. One <laughs> chapter ahead of everyone else. Right. No, but I was, I was trying to help them out and say, Hey, listen, um, there are, I can't remember, whatever. I would say this often. I said, well, can anyone tell me like much about your grandparents? And so they, you know, there's a lot of nodding. Can you tell me much about your great grandparents? A few people nod. Tell me about your great, great grandparents. Mm. Right, so now we're going a hundred years ago. Right. Wow. And like, there's like nothing, <laughs> like yeah. nothing. I mean, and so basically I said, okay, guys, a hundred years from now, you all will more or less be forgotten. I know mm. we have a digital footprint, but you now have to assume 
for a second that um, there's so many more videos and so many other things. And yes, I know your life can be archived and things you right. do here, but the reality is, you know, um, you're kind of going to be forgotten and you got to deal right. with that right. um, earthly forgotten that is. So, but isn't that like the most freeing thing too, just in terms of recognizing like, okay, well, we are his, we, we yes. are the Lord's. And so what we do should be a reflection of him. But it's also responsibility to also to say, listen, Lord, like, let me live for your glory, whatever that looks like, whatever you're inspiring me to do, yes. let it be to shine your light. Um, and so like, it's a different way of looking at it. Then it makes it less about you and makes it more about, about how the Lord can use that. Because, because I think we were talking about in that class about some like minor characters and stories and like, you know, like you, you even read them in the Bible. Like, what about this guy? You don't even know his name, but he's really right. important because he's right. there. Yeah. He's a witness to this yeah. and he did this or that. And, uh, um, but he has a role and how God wants to use him uniquely in that point. And so I always wonder like people who want to be famous, I'm like, do you really want to be famous? Do you really yeah. want to, you know, uh, I said, do you really want to deal with the modern issues of what that looks like? Cause it's right. quite a responsibility. And the reality is most people don't do well with it. Yeah. And so we're not equipped to deal with those things. Yeah. Even in the world of, of COVID we're in, we know way too much about what's going on or, have to spend so much time questioning whether it's true or not true. Right. These are things we did not have to deal with before. Yeah. We're not supposed to be so concerned about, like I remember there's a day when you've got racial tensions happening. This is like June. Um, you've got COVID numbers. You've got uncertainty with work. You've got, um, so you got some personal things, you got some macro things in the United States. And then I remember like, Indian troops are fighting with, uh, you know, Chinese troops in the Himalayas, nothing to do with my day-to-day -day life. Right. But I thought like, gosh, I'm just kind of overwhelmed. Like I'm not yeah. supposed to know all this stuff is going on. I'm yeah. just, you know, there used to be people who were just in a village mentality and they just right. had to worry about what they're eating tonight. Right. And I know that has other issues, but I don't know. I mean, I, um, I think a lot of it's freeing. And I think there's this point like, here we are, Aaron, like we're, we're, we're in this back half of life and you look, you look at the first half and you're like, man, I know there's, you can see why a movie like city slickers gets made. And it's Absolutely. so true. Right. It's so true. You got right. guys who are lives are falling apart, but they're trying to figure out how to, how to go ahead. Um, and what's the whole point and right. Oh yeah. Whether you're a Christian or not, you question those things. And, sure. uh, I'm, I would lie if I said, I didn't still have, desires to famous is not the word just to have that like impactful thing. Yeah. But I've also realized, and this is part of what the whole agenting thing is. It's not about, it is, I am best when I'm behind the scenes helping others out. That's my, hmm. like, at the end of the day, I realized like the more I make it about me, the more I fail. Right. <laughs> uh, I just realized like, I'm just not good at doing that. Yeah. I'm better at helping people behind the scenes to this and that. I take a greater joy in helping them. If they feel like the Lord is trying to use them with a particular message. And I'll tell you this, the greatest joy is being an agent so far as helping someone who never thought they'd get published, get published. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with, uh, yeah. And ones who just, yeah, there's just this, this discouragement and, uh, it was like, let's see what the Lord does. And I don't know, it's fun to, 
I've had a few of those so far, which were been unexpected. And you, you, at first there's this temptation to have this, this pride of like, Oh, I made that happen. I'm like, Lord, no, no. It's like this person didn't believe at all that they, that they could, but I said, but they, but they walked ahead in faith. I said, no, I said, let's see what the Lord does. Mm -hmm. If you approach it as you're trying to give the glory to him in this, then you'll accept whatever the consequences are from it that go with that good or bad. You know, if it's not meant to be published, not meant to be published, that's okay. But if it is, you know, boy, that's, that's, that's cool to see. Then you get a front row seat. Uh, I mean, but I'm behind the scenes. I'm I'm like in the, there's the theater and I'm, I'm back in the uh, green room. I'll see what's going on. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I mean, and I don't want to get off of that point before we, but, and and I, I, we've, uh, it's amazing how, how quickly this always goes. And, and as you yeah. said, you know, I said, before I clicked record, we got to do this more often, especially when we have yeah. the technology, we have the ability. It's just been so good to see your face, to, to yeah. catch up, to laugh a little bit about some of those uh, funny memories. Um, but uh, before we get off, I want to make sure we get all your links, all your contact, because I, again, as we, you and I both said, who yeah. knows where this is going to land and there could be somebody hoping to write a book, all those yeah. things. But you just touched on something that that I think is very very true, and and I'll I'll say that uh, because I want to make sure I I honor you in that. I don't know Kurt Harding, I don't know Matt Maines, I don't know Susan, I don't know Jason Jones and his his family and and his wonderful story. I don't get to meet Tim Rushlow. I don't. There, I could go on and on and yeah. on if I don't meet you. Uh. I, and, and that's, so if you're, if you're looking at yourself and you're saying, I like to be behind the scenes, or I like to be that guy in the Bible that nobody knows his name, just know that there's people that do know, right? Uh, and, I, and I'm that guy. I'm that guy today, kind of... because honestly, you, you are, you have been a connector that, that has spawned um, just great content for, and yeah. context for me with all those people. I, yeah. Every one of those names I just mentioned, I love those people dearly. Yeah. And I, I, to this day, we're, you know, yeah. we're, we're internet friends, I guess you'd say, because we don't live together, but we're in a yeah. community together. Yeah. Those dinners on, on um, whatever night it was, Saturday night after we, yeah. or what Friday night, whatever, whenever we, we yeah. ate um, yes. or, or after the race, I, I, I'm probably a little delirious from running the I race, know. but yeah. those dinners were amazing. And yeah. it's a time I will forever cherish and, yeah. What happened at those dinners? That just that community of yeah. being together and um, meeting one another and, and caring for one another, and that, if anything, that's the church before mm-hmm. the church. Um, so yeah. I, I don't want to. I didn't want to blow past what you just said because whether I write a book or not, it doesn't matter. What what matters is you've been an incredible connector, and I've never, yeah. ever, 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 ever forgotten that. Um, yeah. So thanks for that. Now that being said. Um, cause I want to make sure I, I honor you in that way because it's all true, man. It's, it's straight yeah. from the heart. Um, now besides that, where, where's all the links. So if anybody catches this, if we, if we go viral, if we go viral, how do they contact you? Where do they find you? What's your Twitter? What's your, uh, what's the best way? If I want to write a book and I'm yeah. listening to this, how do I yeah. get it? I, yeah, I am probably most active on Twitter still. David M. Schroeder, um, S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R. 
you can guess whether it's pronounced either way. It really doesn't matter anymore. That's what I know. Um, you know, people ask, I'm like, I don't care. What, what do you want it to be? Whatever. I really don't care. It's just a kraut name that right. got carried on and here I am. No, it's a, it is pronounced Schrader, but I, I never, like, my kids are always like, why don't you correct people when they say Schroeder? I'm like, does it really matter? It doesn't matter because it's spelled like Schroeder. Yeah, I said yeah. somewhere along the line, it got anglicized a little bit. So, it, it, but they didn't spell it. So I don't know what's going on. It's weird. Um, no, but uh, you know, yeah, so I'm pretty active there, but I, um, yeah, you were alluding to a podcast I've co-hosted for a right. few years and it's a, yeah. we interview authors and, you know, people in the book world about uh, it's called the table of malcontents and uh mm-hmm. Um, you know, apostrophes around the mal. Um, so it's a, uh, it's fun. You know, I, you know, I, I get book recommendations in a lot of different plays. That's kind of my book club. And you know, so you know, like I, I mentioned that author Jared we had on because I was very curious about a guy who writes theology, but then all of a sudden wants to do a fiction book, and I was just. Right curious about like i knew that informed the way he does theology writing and i was curious about how that transitioned and uh, uh but it's fun i get so many book recommendations that way i i realized two years ago and it, my friend aaron armstrong he's the one who started it up under a different name uh years ago but our offices were right next to each other at lifeway and we would talk books all the time and it's just like we're doing like why don't we just press record and talk about this stuff more i mean there's there's a part of it that's that i said well we need to make it useful it needs to be something that's fun for people in its niche because not everyone wants to sit and listen to a 45 minute to an hour book podcast you know so we do end up talking about some other things but i think i like um I love good writing and I've become a better reader, um, a better person in publishing for doing something like that. I get exposed to some people and it's kind of a good way to also just, um, I don't know, like anything, like you always need to be learning, always need to be challenging yourself. Like it's, it's my version of cross training. Like I have right. to like constantly be around other people who are in yeah. the industry and, uh, um, invite in authors, different publishers, different uh, agents, so on to talk about these things, and uh, it's fun. Um, so yeah, we uh, yeah we've done it for three years now, which is weird. We've had a variety of other co-hosts, and it's you know it's uh, it's fun. Uh, yeah, Aaron's the one who does the editing, producing, everything else. I'm Booker, interviewer, and other things like that. So it's amusing, but yeah, so it's been fun. So yeah, you can listen. It's it's a uh, it's amusing. There are uh, some, if you really want to go back and listen to some, I would say some interesting episodes. We interviewed Karen Swallow Pryor, who's a great writer and a great person at the intersection of understanding literature and theology together. She's just a great, I mean, she teaches uh, at Southeastern Seminary and, uh, you know, Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina, and uh, she was at Liberty, but she, she's good at helping us see the gospel even through a Jane Austen novel. You know, and I love right. things like that. Um, you know, we got to interview Kent Kruger this past year, who's written a bunch of mystery novels, um, wrote Ordinary Grace, This Tender Land. Lay Finger, one of my favorite writers, he wrote Peace Like a River. I cannot recommend that book more, um, which is tremendous. So it's been like, it's been a fun way of, yeah, kind of, being like, those are my kind of heroes in a weird way, you know, just these, yeah. these guys who 
can write about faith without it being the complete central, the obvious central theme. I think that's yeah. it. It actually is the central theme. It's just underneath it all in terms of what motivates characters. That is good writing. That's what Cormac McCarthy does a lot of. That's, uh, I mean, Stephen King, like it or not, he's a good mystery writer, but he writes about a lot of deep thing themes right. too. So yeah, there. Yeah, it's so it's fun. So I have a keeps me sharp at least trying yeah. <laughs> well dave uh what what a uh what what an hour this i don't i think we're 45 minutes to an hour something like that already um and we could probably do this for another hour and we, um, we need we, let's bring on that uh at some point we bring on uh, uh the other bald guy and the almost bald the guy who who's like fighting the baldness yeah and we can we can come up with a creative uh episode title at some point so no, I, I love it kurt. and he I just do. wants his own podcast so shout out kurt I know. uh yes. and it's great and it's uh it's so kurt it's it's just yes. great um yeah so yeah all of it um so again i go back to uh, without without our connection there's not all those other connections and i'm thankful for that forever um two other things yeah. i gotta say before we get off of here uh one of them was you handed heather uh love does um yeah. at one of those weekends you said you got to read this book at yeah. the time nobody had ever heard of bob golf that i knew of <laughs> and now the guy's amazing right yeah and, um and i i i as you and i were messaging yesterday i have extended an invitation to bob golf so if this hits bob golf call me because because <laughs> we need to get together you need to come on the podcast but no that that book yeah two books. So there's five books in my top five. Um, yeah. while we're talking books, yeah. Uh, Love does is yeah. right there. It's gotta be yeah. number one. I think number two is probably quiet strength, Tony Dungy. Um, and probably in that top five would be grip of grace. So it's so funny that you mentioned that because I got to yeah. say that my view of Christianity, my view of my faith forever changed with grip of grace. Because yeah. I didn't understand grace. I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't understand. It's not how I was. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't raised in faith that way. Um, yeah. And when I read Grip of Grace, I'm like, wow, that's radical stuff. And uh, somebody had given me uh, what was it called? No wonder they call him Savior. Was that the name of it? The Max Lucado book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was an older so somebody one. Somebody gave yeah. that to me for Christmas twenty years ago. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I wasn't really a reader then. And I kind of put it on the shelf. And then one day I'm like, I'm so bored. What do I, oh, here, I'll read this. And Max Licato rocked my world. And so then I, I committed one year to read every Max Licato book he ever wrote. Um, and so I don't know if I got through that commitment, but if on that bookshelf back there, most of his books are, are here yeah, yeah, um, I can, because I, can. I really, really got into it. And, uh, uh, but Grip of Grace was the one that was like, whoa. That's yeah. a game changer for me. And, and as you said, great, you know, he's got a great voice and uh, I appreciate you, you know, fearless, I think was the book that uh, yeah. really, really oh, worked. That was our connecting point. And um, um, anyway, um, I, I just appreciate your time. I appreciate that yeah. connectedness again, because I, again, yeah. it's that six degrees of Kevin, uh, the six degrees of David yeah. <laughs> that, that have uh, been so valuable to me in this life. And I'll never forget those things. So uh, and this has been awesome. It really. Has. Thank you. I know, man, it's been, uh, it's been fun. I love that you're doing this. So yeah. don't stop. And and when you are ready, we will talk about the other thing. All right, there you go. I'm Someday just... if I'm ever ready to write again. Yeah. We'll, we'll yes. see what happens, but man, I love you. Heather yes. loves you. We yeah. miss you guys. And uh, just so thankful you came on today. You too, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Right, have a great weekend. Talk to you, you. too, man. See you. Right. Bye.